something happening here But what it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the secret broadcast cave of the Phantom Radio Studio in Lake Wales, Florida. This is the home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Our host was devoted to the science of bowling lane maintenance, and for more than 20 years, he was the PBA Tours Lane Maintenance Director. The Phantom has gained worldwide industry recognition as one of the foremost experts on the subject of lane maintenance so much so that the late, great John Davis of the Kegel Company requested his professional help. He's been with Kegel ever since. And every Wednesday, he's here again with another interesting guest or topic that will make you think about the world's number one participation sport, bowling. So, Phantom fans, let's welcome our host, Len Nicholson, the Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company. Well, Phantom fans, this week we have yet another very special guest to talk to as we continue to interview who's who in the world of bowling in each and every area of our great sport. And our guest this week is a talented man with many skills and a variety of interests that I find totally fascinating. And I've known him now for many, many years and always amazed at his versatile background. He was a bowler in his high school team in New Jersey, and he loved the sport. He later went to Rutgers from '92 or from 1972 to 1976, getting his degree in environmental biology. It's hard to even say that, let alone study it, but he's too much. So later, he moved to, to Reno, and he opened a, a few retail stores, and while in Reno, he met up with PBA pro Joe Salvemini, and then he sponsored him for a couple of years, and Joe went on to win uh, twice on Pro Bowlers Tour. And then later, our guest moved to Charlottesville, Virginia, to become a financial advisor. And there's more, a lot more. So let's get him out here so we can learn a little bit more about him. So Phantom fans, here's Howard Barnett, my friend. Uh, Howard Welcome to Phantom Radio. Thank you, Len. It's, it's an honor to be on your show. It really is. Well, I haven't seen or heard from you for a long time. We did get back in touch a little bit, and it's an honor for me to have you on. And like I said, you're a fascinating guy. You've got a lot of interests and a lot of talents, and there's a whole lot more that we're going to learn. So the first thing I want to ask you is, are you available to come back? Uh, because we're not going to get near enough done today because you're so varied with what you got going on and I want our fans to get to know you. So we're going to waste a little bit of time introducing some of the stuff in the past and we're going to tease them what we're going to talk about later. Is that okay? Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, as I said in the beginning, uh, Howard is a very, very interesting guy. So I know we can't tell you everything about him uh, because we don't have the time, but Howard, can you come back again? It's like an, two, three, four weeks, whatever it's going to take, because I know we're going to run out of time this week. Happy to, Len. Just, <laughs> uh, just let me know. I'm here for you. I sure will. I'm going to stay in touch with you because 
we got a couple of topics here that people are going to really be interested in because I am. But first of all, you know, we've got several friends from the past that merit a mention. Uh, tell us about Fancy Allen, okay? Interesting. I I was uh, I've been a financial advisor for uh, 32 years now, and when I was affiliated as an independent through a company that became Wells Fargo, which started off Wachovia Securities. Uh, I went to St. Louis, which is our main campus. My supervisor, who everybody in our, fan, in our business is supervised, even if you work independently, heard I was a bowler. When they come in and see the office, they see some trophies and they see some dedicated bowling memorabilia. Said, oh, you, you need to meet Fancy Allen. Oh, really? And uh, so I ended up in St. Louis and sure enough looked her up and we had a great conversation and then I just started uh, meeting uh, my reunion with my friend Bob Grzycki who you've had on the show and uh, struck up a friendship and uh, I think she moved east for a while and then now moved to Florida. We still remain uh, in contact occasionally. She's a a wonderful person. It was was great meeting her. It's amazing what a small world it is because uh, Fancy's mom, her name was Carol, she was my secretary when I ran the bowling center down in Pacifica, California. And I saw Fancy every day for eight years as she was growing up. And I loved her and I, I loved her mom. Her mom actually worked about 12 hours a day. She carried me because she never left the bowling alley because she loved it so much. But what a gal she was. She passed away. We're going to miss her. I enjoyed meeting Fancy and every time I get to talk to her, which isn't that often though we keep in touch on Facebook occasionally and uh she's a and she's a very smart person as well. Yeah, that, she's really smart. Bowling, yeah, maybe. she's really she's smart. Very, she ended up marrying Walter Ray. He had a few yeah. dollars in his pocket. <laughs> uh that's that's an improvement to Walter Ray's life. I'm sure being associated with somebody like Fancy is always uh it's gonna improve anyone's life as far as I'm yeah they're a great quality person. You know you you kind of popped a little bit of information out there. You mentioned uh Bob Brzecki, and we're going to talk a little bit more about him, but there's one more guy uh, that we've both crossed paths with, and I'd like you to tell our friends a little bit about Dale Nimala, okay? Well, it's interesting. Dale, I met Dale when I was living in Reno, and uh, he was a member of the draft scratch league that we had. I, I, of course, was not at his level, and I, I had no idea of his versatile talents, I think once he sort of pointed me in the direction of improving my game, but he ended up moving to Virginia probably around the same time I did, maybe a little earlier, though he did, he landed in a couple of different places. The fellow ended up subbing on a team of mine, a young kid. He had just graduated, graduated University of Virginia at the time. And I said, where did you develop a game like that? He says, well, I have a coach because I live grew up in Richmond. He says his name is Dale. I said, oh, is his name Nimoy? He goes, yes. <laughs> so I, it was a perfect time because I really needed some help in my game, and I got hold of Dale, and he's been coaching me ever since. We almost religiously every two weeks. We get along great. I, I like Dale anyway. He's a, he's a great person, and I I don't know anyone who's got all the aspects of bowling. He's done om- almost everything that could be done in bowling at a, at a quality level, at a high quality level. So, yeah, I consider him a very close friend. <laughs> no question. There's not very many guys that – know any more about the whole entire game than Dale, you know, as far as everything goes, uh, from the pin setters to the foul line, uh, coaching, throwing the bowling ball, everything. Plus, he's loved. Everybody loves Dale. If you don't like Dale, you don't like anybody. So 
And next time you say hello to him, give him my best, all right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hopefully that'll be next week. <laughs> all right. Do that, please. <laughs> all right. I mentioned uh, what you mentioned was uh, Bob Brzezicki. And, yeah, he was on my show a couple times a few years back. And for those of you that don't recognize the name, he went by Bob Perry. And uh, this guy's got a fascinating life. Uh, he was known as one of the greatest bowlers around. And uh, he grew up in New York and New Jersey and back east. And he has an unbelievable life that I understand that uh, not only I've seen a couple of the books that were written on him, you're going to be involved in more than that, correct? Yes. And in fact, I was instrumental. I was the one who started the whole book uh, idea when after 37 years, we met up and I invited him to, I brought him east and he was having uh, problems with cancer and wasn't being treated in a level I thought would, would help him and uh, made some arrangements with some friends at the University of Virginia to help him and uh, talk to my wife. And we decided that it would be okay if he lived with us while he got his treatment. And uh, we had been not super close friends, but met through bowling. And I, of course, knew of how great he was as an individual. Didn't When I found out what he'd been through when we got together in 2011 or end of 2010, I had, I had no clue what he'd been. I, it just amazed me. And I, I, what I said was, this story has to be told. And out of nowhere, I just came up with this idea. There, there, there needs to be a book written. I started to write it, but I... I'm not an author and I've got so many other things going on that I brought a friend of mine who is a published author who ended up being the author. And I became sort of the consultant because his knowledge of bowling was not there, but he knew how to write. So it was a good combination, a little mini brain trust, I call it. It was published independently through Kickstarter originally. And then it was picked up by Rodale, who's now that company's been kind of sold and split apart into a few other pieces but they had a, a second book written where it was basically the similar material, but with more on the recovery aspects of Bob's life without giving too much away. Fantastic read. And I'm not just talking my book, as they say, it's the reviews have all been fantastic on Amazon. It's an interesting life. As you say, bowling is just one part of it, but to see someone with that kind of talent, this doesn't come around that much. And to, to have been through what he went through and to live, to tell the story, that's where you separate the men from the boys. Uh, you just don't see people who have done that come back and are still around to talk about it. So, yeah. Talk about an interesting guy. I first learned of Bob in the seventies uh, when I went to work on the road with the PBA. And when I got back East, uh, everybody's telling me about this guy, Bob Perry, Bob Perzicki, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I heard all these stories and they sounded like Babe Ruth stories because they're all so outlandish. I thought, there's no way, you know. And, and a lot of guys said he was the best around, but he wasn't in the PBA. And, I, you know, I always thought that the guys in the PBA were the best ever. But uh, as time went by, I, I started to see things about him and hear things about him. And, and as time went by, uh, I, I got a hold of him. He had that book out, which was your book, I guess, uh, as you say. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a reader. I saw the cover. And uh, I think you've even mentioned this to me before. My my high school buddy I grew up with, Billy Hardwick, he was in the background on that cover, and it made me interested. And I, I couldn't put it down. This book was unbelievable. So I had him back on the show again. I even bought like, I don't know, eight or ten books from him, and I gave them away to some of my guests. But I'll tell you, what a story. And then, as you say, he got sick. 
I didn't. I lost track of him for a while there. Yeah, he. How how old were you and him? Uh, basically, when you first met him, or what? The, what time frame was that part? I, I was 14 years old, bowling in juniors. My teammate, who I went from kindergarten through high school with, bowled on the on my high school team with. We're sitting there at the at the snack bar at Patterson Bowlamat, where Bob almost lived, uh, and he was working the snack bar. My friend Lenny says, "Do you know who that is?" I said, "No." I said, I have no idea. He says, that's Prisicki. I said, what's a Prisicki? That's, and that was his real name. Went by Bob Perry quite often. His father found that they screwed up the spelling a lot. I had no idea. I said, well, he's the best around, best bowler in the area. I said, really? I, I don't know. I said, but he makes a great grilled cheese sandwich because that's what he made me. I said, well. <laughs> and then, of course, I started following and I introduced myself. What always amazed me and and Chuck Pisano, when I talked to the late Chuck Pisano uh, a number of times, he always told me the same thing that I noticed. When Bob was at the top, he was never any different. He always had the same, he treated you the same way. He was always offering help to, to people to learn to bowl, friendly, always willing to help. And Chuck always said to me, oh, you know, if I asked me, would you help me do some stati statistics and stuff? Oh, sure, no problem. There's a lot of people, you know, when they were at the top and you know, felt like they were you know, bigger than me, you know, wouldn't do that. And that always impressed me about him. So we became sort of semi-friendly in high school. I brought him in for a demonstration, which was the last time I saw him for 37 years when I was at Rutgers. Brought him and he brought Gil Slyker with him, who I met. He did a demonstration in the bowling center that used to be at Rutgers. I didn't see him for 37 years, looked for him a few times. And finally, the day after he put his Facebook page up, there it was. Found out his story and said, come live with me. Let's get you cured. And we did. We cured him from, I didn't cure him. The doctors at the uh, cancer center at UVA did, but I'd like to say we at least got him in the right place. Went from stage four of prostate cancer to uh, cancer free. Well, that was some kind of a deal that you you and your wife did to bring him in like that. That's a hard thing to do to bring in somebody, you know, not, not part of your family that uh, needed some help. But that was a wonderful thing you did. Uh, you know, Bob, he wasn't always a saint. He had a lot of reputations behind him that, you know, depending who you were, uh, he was a he was a good guy. I liked him myself because he was what you call action. I mean, if you had nothing to do, if you had nothing to do, and you wanted to kill an hour or a night, just hang around Bob. I mean, he would find something to do. And I remember talking to a couple of those guys from the, from back east. Uh, they they'd bowl all night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. Sometimes it would be raining. They wouldn't want to go home on Sunday. They'd be in the coffee shop exhausted, and they'd start gambling on the water running down the, the, the windows. It, oh, it, that's... They'd pick a drop <laughs> and say, I want that drop for 100. And they'd bet on it, and they'd be yelling and screaming, the cocktail, not the cocktail, but the, the restaurant waitress. She'd be rooting a lot right along with them. These guys are yelling and screaming. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's... Uh... I know exactly what you're talking about there. I didn't witness that particular one, but yes. Uh, and in fact, when he lived in Charlottesville, I introduced him to a lot of the radio personalities. They did a lot of interviews. Big into sports, follows a lot of sports. Uh, he, he became what they called the New York savant, they called him. So he would be giving them tips on games and what he thought of different people. But he also worked with some of the local uh, college teams here, some of the kids who 
you know, he'd explain to him what it's like if you go the wrong direction. In fact, that was the driving force between my wife and I bringing him to live with us. Besides just helping somebody, it just felt like the right thing to do. But people said, well, what did you bother for? Well, if you really get down to it, I, he could reach people that I couldn't reach through his experiences with uh, substance abuse and recovery. He was able to reach people by me helping him. The geometric effect of it is tremendous. And I, we have documented amazing stories of families and individuals who literally their lives were, were turned around or a terrible thing was avoided. So I sleep great at night. So does my wife. Uh, you're a wonderful man for doing that. Uh, I'll tell you what, as I said, if you want to have a good time or you wanted some kind of action, just hang around Bob for a night or two and he'll find some action for you. Uh, he was a character. Uh, he he feared no one when he had a bowling ball in his hand. And there's been a lot of controversy about who was the greatest of all time. You know, it's hard to hard to pick somebody. There's sure. different eras. Uh, there's different lane conditions. There's you know different bowling balls and all that kind of stuff. But as far as uh, fearing anybody, uh, Bob never feared anybody. And even when he was down and out, he made a comeback and won a big tournament in Vegas. Uh, I know you know about that too, right? Yes, yes, the high roller. He run the high roller twice at least, I know. Yeah. The Super Bowl high roller was the one that he sort of ended up when he made his recovery and then finally went back to bowling because – Bowling was kind of off off the radar for him during his recovery. And then he was told, no, at this point, I think it's all right for you to bowl. And uh, he went back and the talent is there. It's I can say it's like riding a bicycle, but I've never been able to ride a bicycle like he could. So <laughs> bowling wise, uh, I mean, in the talent, the training and he, you know, when you live with someone, you learn so many interesting things about him. And I, I love him more now than I did because I've learned. I always felt he was a really good person, but there's so much in there. And he talks about, you know, he grew up in a very loving family. And that's, and you know, you can't substitute for that. You can have all kinds of problems. But when you have that, you can fall back on, even though his parents weren't alive to see him get to sobriety. He's got a sister. He's got four sisters, one who I call the angel, who I'm very close to, uh, who's helped him, been there all the time. And uh, his dad was a visionary when he came to bowling. The high backswing and all that everyone said, you know, that's, you know. That's not going to work. All that's just one aspect of it, but yeah, he was. Uh, As time goes by with these shows, I want to get into some of the uh, deeper things that you witnessed and and a lot of people never even heard about. But uh, you know, I was on the road for thirty years and I traveled the tour and I saw some unbelievable things. And a lot of times, I tell my kids, you know, they want to know some stories. I tell them stories, they go, "No way!" And I'd have to call somebody up to vouch for some of the things I've seen, right? So with Bob's stories, I'm sure he, they sound outlandish. Like they sound impossible. But I looked into a few of them myself, and sure enough, they're true. I mean, you can't make that kind of stuff up. Uh, I remember one time he told me, he says, Lenny, he says, I was down and out. I didn't have a nickel. I was used to carrying thousands of dollars around with me. He says, I, I left the bowling alley. I, I made a bad bet bet and I had to pay it off and I, I walked out and it was pouring down rain. I had no place to live. So I came across this guy. He had this big cardboard box and I said, can I stay in there with you? And the guy said, sure. He says, I got in the back of the cardboard box and there was a rat as big as a dog. He says, I never did that again. <laughs> oh yeah. When he talked, yeah. 
living on the streets, you just don't think about things like that. How do people like that survive? Mm-hmm. And he did. I mean, there's just amazing thoughts of how the how what a human being can live through if they have that drive. And not everybody's got it. There are a lot of them that he writes about in the book. You know, when he dedicates to the people who didn't make it from the streets. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, you know, some of it I'm sure is related to how he grew up. He knew right from wrong, but substances can can have your brain forget that. The fact that he was able to make it back made it even more important to me that he'd be able to tell other people about it because that's sometimes the only way to pass from one person to another. And uh, the geometric effect is amazing. It was well worth it. My hat is off to you. You know, in that book, I do remember reading about he did see a, a, a priest or somebody like that that he gave his faith to. and It had him straightened out for a while, but then I don't know what happened to that. And then, but when you rescued him at the end, uh, that was unbelievable, my friend. Well, I I appreciate it. You know, uh, people are their own, uh, make their own fate, so to speak. They make their own luck, whether it be in bowling or anything else. Seems like the the ones who are lucky seem to know how to make their, have the skill to make their luck. Uh, Bob worked hard. He paid a lot of prices. He's paid a lot of permanent prices in his health, financially and others. But you know, we all sort of find our way to give back. Uh, mine was, I guess, this way in some ways. It, it just, it's not something you think about doing, but when the right thing comes up and you say, yeah, I think this, I think that's what I want to do. Some people can write checks. Some people, you know, I'd write some checks, but, uh, you know, taking somebody in to live with you, it, it's different, but, you know, it just, it's got to feel right. It's got to pass the stomach test as my wife and I talk about. Well, you, you two are wonderful to do that. And, uh, I want you to be thinking of a few stories because next time I have you on, uh, that'll be closer to whenever the screenplay is going to be completed. Uh, sometime between now and then, we're going to have you on again. And I want you to tell a couple of stories about Bob. Uh, you don't even have to have him vouch because they're unbelievable. I mean, he's done stuff that you, you can't make up. So if you come up with a few stories and then uh, somewhere down the road when this thing hits the, the movie theaters, Man, I want to be in the front row with you that day, man. I'll be, I'll be crying my eyes out. I'd be happy to hand deliver a ticket to you, Len. Uh, he'd be, <laughs> and Bob would be so proud to uh, have someone like himself involved uh, to, to be there. You know, Bob. It's funny, Bob. I, I'm not speaking for him, but I can tell you what I think is that uh, the money in bowling and and his all the things he was he he won a lot of money. <laughs> he went through a lot of money, but it. That wasn't really what meant it to him. It was it was the recognition to be that person, to know that he could have, that he was so good. Even he told me that I'll tell you a quick one. The great Mark Roth, who he was teammates with on the uh, team in Paramus Eastern Classic, and, and in fact, I had we had carload of through when I was at Rutgers. We had a caravan of three station wagons full that go up every Monday to watch them bowl. My friends had never seen anything like that. More <laughs> bowlers, we brought them on. Yeah. My girlfriend at the time, she watched, I didn't know people shot 300 games every week. So well, no, in this place, sometimes they do. So uh, he bowled with Mark and it was amazing. Mark was the greatest at the time, maybe the greatest of all time to some people. And uh, he said, Mark told him, you know, if, if you could catch straight, he says, you probably have 10 of my titles. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is he didn't. And he knows that. It cost him, cost us some halls of fame. Uh, and he's, he's straight up about that. You know, you pay, you pay the prices. But then again, you know, it comes back in other ways. You know, he hurt himself, but he saved, he helped a lot of people. So, you know. Well, so did you. And uh, 
I can tell my old clock and wall, we are out of time. I knew it was going to go fast. Uh, you're an interesting guy. You got some interesting stories. And I know we're going to be leaving our listeners on a limb out here because they're going to want more and more. So, as I said, uh, I'll get back in touch with you, have a few stories ready, and give us an update on how it's coming with this movie. And uh, I want to thank my sponsors for relinquishing him some time because I'm going to cut that short this week because uh, Storm Bowling and then the high roller, Brad Edelman, they'll understand. So Phantom fans for Phantom Radio, I want to thank our guest, Howard Barnett, and we're going to have him back on again in a few weeks. So this is the Phantom. When you're down and troubled and you need some love and care and nothing well nothing is going right close your eyes and think of me and soon